0: Welcome and thank you for joining. This is the Rooted Leadership Podcast. I am your host, Chris Panetta. We are in Salem, Oregon, in studio. It's a beautiful, sunny summer day. We're still in the midst of a pandemic. There's all sorts of racial tension, but we're trying to get by. Um, When I say we, I mean everyone, our community. We're trying to function as normal, but there's so many dynamics at play. I thought that, look, even though we're just starting this podcast, we have, I believe, one episode that's explaining what it is that we're doing and what the Root of Leadership podcast is, what the Groundwork Leadership Institute is. I thought, you know, I need to come in studio today, produce a podcast, just explain something that I've been intending to touch on, which is what our core kind of belief and content is in terms of the curriculum that we have, but also make the connection to like what I mentioned is we're in a pandemic still. Okay. And who knows when things are going to settle down? I certainly don't. We also are in a very unique time, okay, uh, of racial tension in our country. Hasn't been like this, uh, at least public like this, and all over the media um, in a while. Um, it's always been there, obviously, but now we can all see it. It's, we hear about it all the time. So it's impacting us in our families and our organizations. So I, I believe, in fact, I know that what I wanted to touch on today um, will address those things. Uh, Not directly, right? I don't have any, I will never claim to have all the answers, but we're definitely going to use the framework that I want to go over today that I've been intending to, you know, make a podcast about to address some of those challenges, really. And with each challenge comes an opportunity, okay? But if you remember, I want to recap to our very first podcast, which I'm going to build off of. If you remember, it was myself and a colleague of mine, Salam. Now today I'm alone in studio. Most of our podcasts, we want to actually have somebody in here with me and do an interview and kind of learn from them. That's the whole goal for this podcast uh, and for our Groundwork Leadership Institute is to have shared knowledge. Okay, no no one leader or one institution has all the knowledge that is out there, right? We want to share it and we believe that what every leader has and brings to the table is very important and helpful and beneficial, not just to who we're working with in that moment, but for cohorts and groups to come um, long after that. Okay, This podcast was really meant for everyday leaders. Now we're creating it for our community of Salem, but no matter where you're at in the world, one, thank you for tuning in. And two, we hope that you can continue to listen to these episodes because we're getting down to really the heart of what it means to be an everyday leader. Okay, Now, although we have some very influential and well-known leaders in our community, most of our leaders are everyday leaders. They do the same thing you and I do. They have a routine. They wake up. They go to work. They supervise and oversee organizations, Okay, some of them millions of dollars, some of them thousands of employees, and then they go home. They're everyday leaders, and they they haven't written books. They haven't been on TV shows. They're not social media influencers, but they're leaders. And if you think about our country, our community, our communities out there, every single one of those communities is functioning because of certain leaders in place. Now, some of them are functioning Poorly, and some of them are functioning well. Okay. Across the board, obviously with a lot of our tension that's going on around race, you know, there's a lot of that. There's a lot that we can actually address and change um, in our communities, but leaders are key, right? We're all, every, every person in a community is important, but the leadership is vital. And we want to get down really in this, this entirety of the podcast to why everyday leaders are going to be the ones that make the changes and make the difference. And it's not because they wake up one morning and they want to, you know, they they have some new motivation to to do something different in the world or they're feeling pressured from the outside or bullied into anything. It's because they know what the right thing to do is. Now, if you think about it, leaders get put in place many of them because they're really good at something and usually that something isn't leading they were just really good at a certain skill or trade and they excelled there and they got noticed so they were promoted and now they're leaders but very few leaders are actually ready to lead when they get there in fact uh the really good ones will be the first to admit that they're not a, a, a fantastic leader and that's because the accountability that they have the humility that they have and so on but i, I i'm like i'm i'm not i don't want to dive too much into that what i really want to do and I mentioned this a second ago, I got off track, sorry about that, is I wanna build off of our last podcast. Now, in our last podcast, we mentioned our approach. So as a philanthropic organization, I want you to think about this for a second, okay? Even if you don't know what philanthropy is or you've never been involved in it, I want you to think about if you had a large sum of money, a large sum, okay, and you wanted to do good with that money, it's really easy to find something that you care about and write the check and give it away. That's really easy to do, all right? The hard thing about that is how do you ensure that that money is having an impact. How do you ensure that the resources that you're allocating towards a certain cause or an organization is having an impact. Okay, There's all sorts of ways that that, that that can happen. And there's a lot of philanthropists and nonprofit organizations that are out there trying to ensure positive impact. And all of those things that others are doing are all great. I've looked into many of them. Some of them work, some of them don't. Some of them are helpful, some of them are not. But rather than leaning into something else, we really felt strongly about developing our own approach. Okay, And our approach isn't Wasn't just for us. It really was a result of how we learned from engaging with community, engaging with organizations, and what we naturally saw was successful versus a nonprofit over here and a nonprofit over there. What made one successful over the other? And there was a particular pattern. There's a particular pattern that we noticed in other organizations that we didn't even work with of what made them successful. We started to put a language to that. Okay. We started to put a framework around that and identifying and naming things and creating something that was cohesive and worked together that would work and make sense no matter the industry, no matter the background, no matter the culture that it would resonate. And so that's the model that we introduced in the last one. Okay. We call it the rooted leadership content. Now this is the rooted leadership podcast where we really want to spend time talking about that content, but more importantly, talking to leaders and others out there and how they find connection to that framework whether they know the framework or not okay how they find connection to the concepts that, that are taught within it and so unlike other pieces of work we're not narrowing down and on on one specific thing rather it's a kind of an overarching framework something to organize your thoughts and your work in okay now some of it becomes very practical but most of it is really theoretical it becomes a theory of action if you will all right and we're so serious actually about our approach and our model that we are now conducting research to prove that it works, to prove that it is not just evidence-based, but even scientific. And if you apply the framework and you even, even do it in a certain order, results are going to be better. Outcomes are going to be achieved. Um, collaboration is going to be high and impact is going to be, and most importantly, impact is going to be much better. Okay. We really believe that. Now, as mentioned in our first podcast, this rooted leadership content is framed around an analogy and that analogy analogy is soil, seeds, and weeds. Like Think of earth, right? Now, we're not gardeners or farmers, but we really love that analogy and we've created a framework around it because it resonates with so many people, because it makes so much sense when you're talking about leadership, when you're talking about change, when you're talking about organizations and organizational development and collaboration and making things happen. Uh, we believe strongly that it makes all the difference. So it's called soil, seeds, and weeds. I'm not going to spend time today talking about the seeds and weeds. Those are from an, for another podcast, but the heart of it, the core of it is the soil. Okay. And the reason being is based upon the analogy, you can't plant any seed in unhealthy or toxic soil. Okay. And, or if your soil is overrun by weeds, how on earth are you actually going to get anything done? Weeds being conflict, weeds being problems. Okay. So cultivating our soil ensures that we're making it ready for seeds the plant and we're getting rid of the roots of all of those weeds that are unnecessary or unwanted, okay? So I want to back up, okay? And you might be thinking, what in the heck is this guy talking about soil seeds and weeds? It might sound even silly to you and that's okay. But I, I'm asking you now, can hang in with me for the next 10, 15 minutes and I'll explain what soil is, um, hopefully at a level that resonates with all of you and in a way that you can start to see of the importance... Of us cultivating it especially as leaders okay and the need that our communities in our country has right now of cultivating our soil not literally obviously we're not going to go out and start digging in the soil but metaphorically we have a lot of soil work to do in our country now let me explain okay let me define how at least how we define soil thus far okay soil at its core is people it's us as a leader right it's us as a leader it's our organizations, our families, our community. Soil is the people. That's what it is. Okay, now the determining factors of if the soil is healthy or not is what we call mindset and behaviors. So our mindset, really important. In fact, we've partnered with the Arbinger Institute who are masters and expert in teaching and, in, and helping organizations and people transform mindset. But what we mean by mindset, because there's thousands of ways to define it, is how we see, that simple, how we see others especially. And I can choose to see others as people that matter like I do or, or that don't matter like I do. Maybe they matter more. But seeing people as people is, where our, is is what we're talking about. It's either seeing people as people or seeing people as objects. Okay, hopefully that makes sense. So, mindset is our choice that we have in how we see others. And that, obviously, how we see others influences our behaviors. And you kind of see it from there. And that's really the, that mindset and those behaviors are what inform us, or what help us actually know if our soil. Is healthy or not, okay, and actually I'll rewind I'm, I'm using the wrong word here. they don't help us know it. that's the determining factors of if they are healthy or not. What helps us know is the last part of what what we mean when we talk about soil, which is climate and culture. those are buzzwords in in the you know the training and development and leadership industry uh, the culture and climate is really what lets us know. they're the indicators to us if our soil is healthy or not if it's ready for A seed to be planted if the if it's been you know if conflict and problems those weeds are are gone if we're ready to go with the soil right uh hopefully that that makes sense so to recap it what we mean by soil is it's the people okay the determining factors of if the soil is healthy or not is the mindset and the behaviors all right and the indicators um for us so how we how we know it's the culture and climate. You can actually measure culture and climate in organizations. There's hundreds of ways. There's a bunch of ways to do that. So I'm not going to go over that, but there's ways to actually get a feel and a pulse for how the culture and climate is. But how do you get a feel and a pulse for how mindset is, right? You, you can. Um, some behaviors you can, right? You can measure behaviors to some degree, but it's difficult to measure mindset, which is why it's manifested through indicators of culture and climate. So hopefully that makes sense. All in all, what we mean by soil is the people. And so we're working in the soil guess what we're working in people and right now our country and our communities they want to make changes to the system there's systematic problems is what's out there is what people are saying out there and i would agree but guess what the systems are created by people and so when we really what we're saying when we really want to change systems is we, we need to change people and what is it that we need to change within people in fact take a step further back what is it that we need to change within ourselves the rooted leadership content doesn't focus so much on defining what soil is. What we do spend time on is how do we cultivate it? Because the soil is what it is. It's the people. People are going to be how they are. Culture and climate, it it is what it is. And so we don't spend a whole lot of time defining it because soil is what it's going to be. But what we do spend time in, as I mentioned, is how do we cultivate it? What do we do as leaders? What do we do as organizations to cultivate our soil, to make ready of it, to help it become healthy soil that we all need and desire, especially. Now, we will never solve any of our country's problems, any of our community's problems, any of our organization's problems, or our family's problems if we can't first cultivate the soil. Okay, so I'm going to read a few excerpts from the Rooted Leadership Handbook that we have written and created, and this is what we bring our leaders through, through our Leadership Institute. I'm just going to read a few excerpts here. Okay, let me read to you how, we def- how we're defining the cultivation of soil and, and soil from this theoretical standpoint. Starting with the soil is pivotal to everything that we do as a leader. Without addressing it and doing what is necessary to make ready for it, we are set never to bear good fruit. The soil is what it is, just things as they really are. I mentioned that, right? It is what it is. It's things how they really are in the moment. Okay, that's our soil. Okay, it's the people, it's the culture, it's the climate, it's the way individuals show up, it's how they see, it's the invisible hand doing what is currently being done. Soil is the simplicity of how we are as human beings, yet it's so profoundly important that we never stop learning from its complexity, right? the soil is what it is. It's simple. Okay. We have people in our community, people in our organizations. They're the ones that create our, (laughs) you know, they're the ones, they're the determining factors of how our soil is. And so it's that simple, but it's also so complex that we'll never stop learning from it. Why? Because we'll never stop learning from the complexities of human beings, right? How human beings are with one another, how they see one another, how they show up to work. Okay. What motivates them? what, What demotivates them? That's so complex. There's so many moving parts there. So there's so much to learn. Okay. Now, if you think about soil in terms of layers, okay, if you if you were to go out and get a shovel and dig a chunk of dirt out of the ground and you kind of lay it on its side, if it were to stay together like clay or something, you would see layers in the earth. Now I'm not a geologist, right? I'm not a, a scientist in the, to the degree that I can tell you about all those layers, but you would see layers nonetheless. And each of those layers has an importance. Now, we also, if if you could see my diagram, you would see that we have labeled three layers to soil. It's kind of like this side view of soil that we have in the diagram. And the very top level is where I want to start. Okay. And it's important. And this top level is what we call breaking the soil up. It's accountability. Accountability or breaking up the soil. Very important in leadership. Very important in general, but specifically for leaders. Now, I'll give you this preface before I read this excerpt from, from our handbook. Leaders spend a lot of time, and I learned this with my time working at the Arbinger Institute, leaders spend a lot of time holding people accountable, not creating accountable people. And we're in a world right now, we're in a time where we want to point our finger and hold a lot of people accountable, okay? And that needs to happen. But guess what? There's a difference in accountability and blame. And they're actually one and the same, except one of them comes along with another component, which is self-accountability, right? I can point my finger and desire somebody to change and hold them accountable but the, the degree to which they will actually change hinges upon usually my willingness to change even if they're at fault and even if they're the one with the problem how can i change as well right so talking about um, our soil if i am not willing to cultivate my own soil and make changes within myself as a leader and i just i don't have that willingness then how on earth can i expect anybody else to do the same okay so let me read this to you making ready of our soil does not happen on its own cultivation must ensue. If soil is as it is, then what is will likely remain. That of breaking up the soil is not to be delegated, imposed, or prescribed to any other. right And oftentimes we expect other people to change or to be responsible for that change. It really is our responsibility not again to hold others accountable, but to be the first to change. Accountability is the very responsibility that we have to our willingness to be the first to break up the soil change starts with us. Change within ourselves as a leader is by its very nature what accountability teaches. And without it, we go from being a leader to a liability. So without willing our own willingness to change, we go from being a leader to a liability. Holding others accountable will never break up the soil so long as we have not been first willing to break up our own and be accountable to changing first. All right. So think about our community's problems, our organization's problems, our country's problems as it pertains to the tension that's going on out there, the pandemic. How on earth can we expect anybody to change if we're not able or willing to change ourselves? And even if we think that we've already made a change okay, within ourselves, it's like, well, I've done this. I don't have this problem. So other people need to change. Well, in the same breath that we're saying that or thinking that of, well, I'm already, I'm already fine. Other people need to change. That's a problem. There's a big self-deception there to assume that there's nothing wrong with me and there's something wrong with everybody else. That's a huge problem especially for leaders. We're going to run into all sorts of problems if that's our mentality. So let me go a little bit deeper. Now, as we go deeper, will actually help us understand what it is that we need to change. And again, this is all part of cultivating soil. It's all part of cultivating the soil. So the next level down, okay, first level, break up the soil accountability. Next level down is fertilizing the soil. So you love our analogy here, fertilizing the soil. And what we mean by that is to see people. Okay. to see people. Now, I don't want that to sound like a fluffy, soft thing. That's not at all what we mean by it. Um, seeing people is actually not easy at all. It's, it's, it's challenging and it's crucial. In every dynamic, it's crucial. So let me read to you this excerpt from, from our handbook. So fertilizing the soil is another step in the change it must undergo through the cultivation process. It informs us as to what was once hard needing to be broken. Toxic soil gets stuck. People, speaking for ourselves, begin to see themselves in the soil rather than the soil within themselves. They see others not as they really are. They might even see others as objects. As leaders, we are to continue to soften what was once hard. Perhaps it is our perspective, our mindset, or even our heart. Hard hearts, like hard, unbroken soil, permit no good seed to take root and can bear no good fruit. hard heart will be unable to see people as people and many of our world's problems stem from people not being seen okay think about the importance of this concept if you think it's soft and fluffy and doesn't matter to take others into account and see them as people consider this all of the problems that we're facing right now as a society around racial tension stem from people not being seen as people forget skin color forget ethnicity forget you know everybody's different culture and and whatnot. I mean, put all that out, out the window. If we're not even seeing others fundamentally as another human being, as people that matter, just like we matter, then we've already lost it. Okay. We've already, we've already missed the point. We've already created a problem and we do it. And I say, we speaking for myself first, but all of us, we do this often, right? I struggle seeing those closest to me as people every day, my children, my wife, friends, family. So you can bet that I'm going to make some mistakes and mess up. And my mindset in how I see others is not going to be perfect every day out in the world. It just won't. And so the intentionality in cultivating our soil is crucial because what we're cultivating is our own mindset, our own ability to see others as people. Now, there's a lot of ways to think about this. Okay. So let me share some thought leaders that have that dedicated a lot of their life's work to this concept. One of them, Martin Luther King. He said, the real tragedy is that we see people as entities or merely as things. Too seldom do we see people as people in their true humanness. Okay, it's really easy to see people as entities or things or just objects out there, but we rarely see them uh, in all their humanness. Okay, another, another thought leader, Donna Hicks, she said, we have lost sight of the fundamental truth about the human condition, that we're all born worthy of being treated, and I'll add seeing, as something of value. All human beings are unique there's only one copy of us around. Something so precious deserves to be treated and seen as invaluable, priceless, and irreplaceable. Okay. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. People have been thinking about this for a long time. Okay. And then lastly, this is from the Arbinger Institute, who I think are one of the world leaders at defining this concept of seeing people. They said, one way of being in the world is to see others as they are, as people, seeing them as people. I'm responsive to their reality their concerns, their hopes, their needs, their fears. Others are real to me as I am to myself. And the other way of being is to see people's objects, seeing them as objects. I am resistant to their reality. If I see others at all, they are less than I am, less relevant, less important, less real, seeing people as less than they are. I am deceived about their reality. I'm deceived about their reality. And that's what I mean when I say, if we look at somebody and think that they're the one that needs to change, or we look at a community, or we look at problems in our society and think that others are the ones that need to change, even if they're at fault, even if I behaviorally have done nothing wrong, if that's my mentality, if others need to change, not me, then I'm in that moment. I am deceived about my own reality because I'm assuming that others are the problem and that I have nothing to do with it. Now, great leaders, like I mentioned in the very beginning, great leaders will be the first ones to say that they need to work on them first, that they're not perfect yet, Okay, that they make mistakes, that shows humility, it shows accountability. All right. So that's the second level down. hope you're staying with me here. Okay. First level of soil accountability, breaking it up. Second level, seeing people, fertilizing the soil. Third level is even deeper. We say dig even deeper. And what we call that, and it's nothing profound. So I didn't mean for that pause to to lead you on, but what what we call that is deeply seeing people. All we do is add deeply to seeing people. Okay. Because in our minds, in our experience, there's a difference between simply being responsive to another human being's needs and, and fears and hopes, versus deeply seeing them. There's something else that happens within us and within that relationship when we deeply take other people into account. Okay, so let me read this excerpt from the, from the handbook on how we define deeply seeing people. How profoundly important the determination to seeing people becomes in our cultivating of soil. For many, The level of seeing people and fertilizing what was once broken is far enough to plant a good seed, have them take root and bear good fruit. Okay, So for many of us, the fact that we see people is good enough and and a lot of times we get by and we can accomplish great things and have good relationships by, by just simply seeing people trying to be in tune with their needs and moving on. However, as leaders digging even deeper, we find the most foundational aspects of our soil of our own soil, of our organization's soil, of our community's soil, if we're willing to dig even deeper. All right. It's, we find here, I'll go back to the, to the, to the text here. Uh, we find our ability to truly see. It is there that we can live free from the bondage of afflicted and accusing feelings towards others only by ceasing to seek, find, and take offense. So I'm going to read that again. Okay. So at the deepest, uh, so digging even deeper, we find the most foundational aspects of our soil of our ability to truly see. It is there that we can live free from the bondage of afflicted and accusing feelings toward others only by ceasing to seek, find, and take offense, all right? So there we can fundamentally change what, what, what once was and start to see others around us as beloved, worthy, and in need of our love. Yes, love. Okay, the essence of deeply seeing others is love. Love is an expression of the one who loves, not of the one who is loved. Those who think they can love, only the people they prefer do not love at all love discovers truth about individuals, any individuals. And that last bit from that paragraph is from uh, works of love by, I believe it's pronounced Soren Kierkegaard. So those who think they can only love the people they prefer, do not love at all. That's very profound to me. And this paragraph is really that I'm reading is really getting at that. There's something deeper than simply seeing. And it's this ability to really see others as beloved, right? That's a really powerful world in the religious world okay every time uh god introduces his son jesus christ he uses the term beloved okay in other contexts uh, unreligious contexts, the term beloved is 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 highly regarded as just a, a special word to refer to anybody as so when we deeply see we see others as beloved worthy of our love think about that think about interactions that we have but do we see others as people worthy of our love, worthy of our time, worthy of us to even take a second to listen to, to be curious about? All right. Here, let me read this last paragraph. Unless we dig deep enough to change the utmost personal aspects of our soil, the nurture that the that nurture the levels above and dictate our hearts towards other people, we will struggle then, now, and in that which is yet to come. We become plagued and condemned to struggle with whomever we find ourselves associating with a new partner, a new friend, a new job, a new colleague, and new circumstances will continue to remain as is. We cultivate our soil only to the degree in which we are willing to deeply change ourselves. Many a times, without digging deep enough, our world will continue to be interpreted in the same distorted and self-preserving way, and as a result, others will continue to respond to us furthermore in like manner. The continuous loop of unauthenticity and scarcity of love that only deeply seeing others invokes will abide and the soil will be the same so this deepest level of our soil deeply seeing others as people really hinges everything hinges upon it everything hinges upon our willingness to cultivate the deepest level now now it's not like we that's how we have to be every you know that's it's not like that's going to consume our time in fact there is no time stamp on deeply seeing people right we go about our day we go about our interactions we go about our tasks at hand on a weekly and daily basis, either deeply taking other people into account or not, right? Think about your family, your your personal relationship. I mean, do you really, your significant other, think about them. Do you you feel like you deeply see them? That every day, every moment you feel like they're worthy of your love? Now, some of you might quickly answer yes, and that's awesome. Um, For me, that's a good question that I constantly have to ask. Am I deeply seeing my wife, Kenzie, my deeply seeing my children, my three kids, do I really care about them and see them? Now, that, that's an important question that we need to ask in our inner circles, but we need to be asking that in, a, in our community and we need to be talking about that, right? Of how we really see one another because the systematic problems or challenges that we have will change and follow when we can crack this first thing, which is are people being seen as people? Are we seeing other people as people? All right. Now, we don't just kind of leave leave people hanging there on hey, here's this theoretical concept of deeply seeing others. We we're inspired with these steps from uh, the Aspen Institute and these steps the Aspen Institute identified after working with hundreds of thousands of people and noticing qualities that people have that are able to really deeply care and see other people. I mean, if you just think about the people in your life that you feel deeply see you, you'll notice that they have a certain set of qualities, okay? And so these steps, if you will, are what we call leaders that deeply see do the following. So it's these kind of steps. uh, Now you can't really put steps to it, but we're trying here to deeply seeing. And the first number one is getting rooted in. Okay. And what that means is that they know their why. So people that are able to deeply see others, it starts with them knowing their why they have a purpose in life. They know what they're about. And it's not that, that, that doesn't mean an organizational goal or some financial goal or, or some relationship goal. It's really, they're rooted into what their purposes on this planet. Right. Uh, and it, that, ch- that wouldn't change no matter if they're an accountant or an attorney or a doctor or, you know, a, a salesman or, you know, a landscaper, or a, a mailman, uh, you know, it doesn't, it wouldn't matter what occupation they have Their Why and why they're rooted in would be the same. So people that are able to deeply see continuously and sustainably and, and constantly one of the qualities they have, we believe is they're rooted in. They know their why. Okay. The second is that they dare to explore social space. So they want to understand others and experience people. All right. If we're only comfortable with our circle of people, it's going to be really hard for us to to deeply see not just our inner circle but those around us because we're again we're only sticking to what we're comfortable with. So there's something in that, and I don't have the time to to address it fully. But there's something in the ability, okay, to explore and understand other people that are very different than us. That increases our ability to deeply see those around us. Number three, being emotionally transparent. So, what we mean by that is not to just wear your emotions on your sleeve, not that that's a bad thing, but that's not what we're saying. What it means is being truly honest about who you are and owning what holds you back. Being truly honest about who you are and owning what holds you back. Okay. How often do we have that conversation as a leader? Are we truly honest with the type of leader that we are? Okay. And are we owning what's holding us back from being who we can become? Good questions to be asking. Okay. And step number four, Use our suffering well. All right. Now that's a unique one, using our suffering well. So breaking open, not breaking, right? There's a difference between breaking open and breaking, right? Breaking open has a sense of vulnerability to it versus breaking. Okay. It's completely different. Breaking is depowering. Breaking open can be very empowering. So, what I mean by that is all of us suffer. All of us have gone through things that are challenging. Some, you know, go through things that maybe on paper are a lot more challenging than others. But needless to say, we all struggle. Okay. We all suffer to some degree and being able to use that suffering as something well, as something that connects us, as something that ties us together as human beings is using our suffering well. So using our suffering well is important. It's almost like having a bright sadness, right? Bright sadness. Okay. Now, and now another way to think about that, think of a time when you've gone through something really hard. Okay. maybe, Maybe you a really difficult fight or span of time where you were maybe in conflict and with somebody close to you, but then it all worked out. You figured it out. It was transformed. Who you know, we, who knows how it happened, but it just happened. You look back on that moment as kind of a bright sadness, right? Sad and you hurt because of what you went through, but there's this bright spot about the outcome. Okay, using our suffering well is similar. Okay, it's being able to be willing. It's being able to be vulnerable and willing to allow. Others to really see us and to allow ourselves to deeply, deeply see others. Okay, because it can be a scary thing to do that. All right, so that those three levels are what we mean by cultivating soil. Accountability, breaking up the soil. One, fertilizing the soil, seeing people. That's two. Digging even deeper, deeply seeing people. That's three. All right, that's how we explain how we cultivate soil. There's a lot of ways now to build upon those three components, which is why as an institute we really want to house more knowledge because we don't we don't claim to, to have all the answers. We're just trying to share what we've learned and seen over the years. And again, we believe in it so much that we're conducting research about it. Okay. So the way we cultivate soil is different than how we define it. And we don't spend, again, a lot of time on defining it. Okay. Soil is simple. It is what it is. It's the people, all right? It's the people. And people go throughout every day with a certain mindset and certain set of behaviors, which create a culture and a climate. And that, that's, that would be how we define And what it is when we're talking about soil, but what we do to cultivate it is where we want to spend our time because that's what changes it. That's what changes it. If it needs to be changed or sustains it, if it is healthy right now. And, and from my experience, our soil can always be improved. We can always improve as a leader. Our organizations can always get better. Our communities certainly need to get better and can get better. So I want to wrap up now, spend a lot of time diving into this. And look, I could spend weeks talking about this subject. It's something I've dedicated you know, my life academically and professionally to. Uh, and so I, I deeply uh, care about these principles and I believe that they are crucial and important no matter who we are, no matter what our organizational circumstances is, no matter what type of leader we are, no matter where we're at in the world, the concept of soil and cultivating it is critical. So I leave you with that. And we'll you know we'll continue to create more podcasts diving into each of these concepts. Or the same with seeds, same with weeds, uh, and those will probably be my next uh, podcast. But we also, you know, what's better is we want to actually talk to leaders, like I mentioned, everyday leaders in our community. Some of them will be out of our community, well-known thought leaders that we'll we'll have as special guests. But most of our guests they're still going to be special because they're an everyday leader in our community. And there's a lot that we can learn from everyday leaders because they face what we face every day. Okay. A lot of these really well-known thought leaders that I am an avid listener to, I listen to many podcasts. And just today I listened to two different podcasts on leadership with incredible people out there you know, that are expert in, in leaderships. Simon Sinek, uh, John Maxwell, you name it. They're incredible, right? But a lot of them don't face what everyday leaders face. Okay, they maybe they used to in a previous life, which is where they learned a lot of their leadership from. Okay, but everyday leaders are people like you and me that are out there um, running organizations. Okay, trying to be engaged in our community, and that's who we really want to hear from. And we'll have a special treat time and time again from from some of these more well-known thought leaders. But uh, that's all for today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. This is Chris Panetta again with the Rooted Leadership Podcast here coming from the groundwork leadership institute created by mountain west philanthropies Uh, i'm your host goodbye till next time take care be safe do your very best to see everybody that you come in contact with as a person it will be hard but that's my challenge to you all the interactions you have whether at the grocery store driving down the street in your home what does it really mean for you to deeply see others to have others be worthy of you seeing them as beloved, to have others worthy of even your love. Okay. And I really mean that not in the least fluffy way possible. Do you really see others around you as people worthy of your love? And if you were to do that, what would change for you? What sort of problems would be resolved? What sort of conflicts would be transformed? What sort of solutions would be found? All right. Again, Chris Panetta, Rooted Leadership Podcast. Take care.